Appreciate you guys being there in the chat room as usual. And tonight we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6. How you doing, Brother Chad, Brother David? Doing well. Great. Very good, Pastor Don. That's good. It was good to talk to y'all on the telephone today as well. And uh, by the way, folks, in the chat room, I don't know if you heard me a while ago or not, but if any of y'all have any prayer requests, please write them down. Brother Kevin will uh, let me know about it. Let us know about it before the program is over. I would appreciate that very much if you would do that. Anyway, before we get started, um, Brother Dave, if you would open us in a word of prayer, brother. Yes, I will. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight and we thank you for this honor of being able to open the Bible, the Word of God, these 66 books that have been put together over these thousands of years. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would allow us tonight to preach the word of God, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would have a new glimpse, that we'd see further beyond the veil, that we'd see further into the spirit world, and we'd come to know in a greater way the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we would see ourselves for what we are, who we are, the evil beings that we are in our flesh bodies. And, Father, I pray that we would come to appreciate 
the new birth, the Spirit of God that's been placed in us, and that would we'd come to rely upon the blood of Jesus Christ and the Word of God and the Spirit of God living in us and not upon our own flesh or our own thoughts or our own mind or what we think of ourselves or who we are because we're nothing, but that we would rely upon the Spirit of God and the living Lord Jesus Christ and His Word at all times and that we would daily seek to deny ourselves, daily seek to do the things that please Him and that we would daily pick up His will and carry it out throughout the day. And I pray for those with needs in the chat room and those at home, Lord, that you would meet their needs, though they've been unspoken at this time to us. You know they speak to you. And I agree, Lord, that you love them and that you died for them and that you desire to meet their needs. And I pray that the name of Jesus Christ be exalted in the meeting of these needs, if it so please you, Father. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Well, folks, tonight in Daniel chapter 6, this is the last part of the historical part of Daniel. From chapter 7 onward, we're going to be dealing with prophecy. And Daniel chapter 6 is probably, especially in the South, or anybody that was raised anywhere around the church or went to Sunday school um, as a child or anything, probably the most familiar passages of Scripture that there is in the whole Bible. Now, Daniel in the lion's den, everybody knows about that. Well, at least down south they do anyway. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's that way, like I said, everywhere else. Anybody that's even been close to a church. But, um, yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But it, uh, we're not going to be too long tonight, folks. This is um, just 20, I think, 28 verses. And we're not going to be too long in here. But before we get started into Daniel... I was thinking while Brother David was praying, um, he and I were talking about something on the telephone today, and uh, there's a sermon. I really, Brother David could uh, put it in the chat room if he sees fit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I recommend everyone that's, uh, that's under the sound of my voice now or downloaders or whatever to, uh, to view this sermon by Brother Paul Washer. And uh, I'm not saying it's going to have this great and wonderful um, impact in your life, but uh, I'll say this much. It should. That's all I'll say. And Brother Dave puts it in the chat room. You folks can, uh, at your own specific time, I would, um, without any distractions, I would watch this, I'd watch this video. It's, um, it's awesome. But after having, like I said, thinking about this, um, Brother Dave, go ahead and turn to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, and I want to look at the last two verses for just a second and kind of prepare the ones that do watch this for what they're going to uh, see, okay? Yes. Okay. All right, I'm there. Okay, go ahead and read the last two verses, brother. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him 
to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Those two, those two verses, folks, are, if you read them slowly, break it down, they're awesome. When you think about the holy, sinless Son of God being made sin, see, the group, the bunch out there that puts such a, they, they look at sin so lightly. And it's just, oh, well, I messed up. Folks, sin is a disease that cannot come into the presence of our Father. Understanding the holiness and the sovereignty and how, how awesome our Father is and understanding what sin really is. It's not just error. It's not. It's so flippantly talked about today. Oh, I sinned today. If the Holy Spirit would open your eyes and open our eyes individually and let us understand how reproach... Well, it could never happen because if it did, it'd kill you. It'd kill me to see how, how, how bad that sin really is. And if you've got that in your mind and could understand every bit of that was placed on our Lord Jesus Christ, he became sin. That's why the Father turned his back on the Son when he was on the cross. That's why he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When he drank the cup, that cup, when he prayed, if it be possible, Lord, let this cup pass from me. See, we 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 don't slow down. We, we our minds are running too fast. We don't comprehend what this what the book is actually saying. A lot of times, folks, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. That that cup of the wrath of God, with every sin that you or I ever have committed or ever will commit all the way back to the garden. Every individual Christ took upon him. Now, if you just contemplated on that and got on your knees and asked the Holy Spirit of God to show you, give you a glimpse into, into the severity of that and understand what Christ really did, it might enhance your love for him just a little bit. Because we deserve, there is nothing, we deserve nothing but damnation. That's what we deserve. And if you pondered on some of that, on, on, some, on that one simple thing, for any length of time at all. And and the Holy Spirit really revealed in your spirit what a serious matter it is. Like I was telling Brother Dave today, we could go months and never leave that subject. You could never expound on it enough. The right, We've been given Christ's righteousness. God's righteousness 
the way he was before he ever departed from the throne in heaven to come down to this earth. We've been given that righteousness. That's what gets us through. Without that, there's not a snowball's chance in hell. Because of because of God's attributes. That's how bad sin is. It's it's like um, we heard in that message that who would pick a a job? Who would pick an occupation that? From the moment you began, from the moment you opened your mouth to speak, you were a failure every time. That's right. And this is what we ambassadors, we preachers, we people who just try to share what Christ has done from the time we even think about sharing Christ until the time we do share, we fail. We're and failures. I'm not saying, We're failures. Absolutely. Yes. There's, there's no it's way. It's impossible to convey what he's done and do it justice. Amen. There is just, it's no way. You, you hear me all the time talking about I can't articulate that. I can't, and I can't because, like Brother Dave said, from the moment I open my mouth, I'm a failure. When stacked up against God's holiness and the ability to explain. The feelings of Father—it's—it it, it can't be done in human in human form. And God taught. That's why you you read in Romans ten. It's it, in let's see Romans ten. Is it Romans ten? Yeah, where it said, "Blessed are the feet of those that preach the gospel." It's a special calling, folks. Call a call to a, a something to where you're you are guaranteed to fail. <laughs> That's a wild thought. Yes, absolutely. It's something that that people, when you start dealing with this stuff, humility should be no problem in your life whatsoever. When you realize what you are. See, sin dwells in your mortal body. Sin's not something written down on on a, on a stone tablet. Sin dwells in your mortal body. That's why there had to be a separation of the inward man from the outward man because of sin that dwells in you. That's why unless you understand that doctrine, you'll never get a grip. You'll never actually understand salvation. I didn't say you wouldn't be saved. I said you wouldn't understand the doctrine of salvation and what all it entails. And I, I didn't mean by saying what I said that we fail in our ability to convey the understanding to the mind. But the Holy Spirit never fails in his ability to convey the, the, the concept of it in your spirit, the feeling of it in your spirit. You can only understand God in the spirit, experiencing him by his word and in his spirit when he reveals a it to you. Absolutely. You can listen to a man, you can read the word all day, unless the Holy Spirit is there, it fails. Absolutely correct. That, that's that's what Brother Dave meant. The, when see that's when that's called conviction, folks. That's that's called when you're when, 
when you realize you're standing before salvation, that's when conviction comes, when that when the Holy Spirit does the calling. That actual that humility at that moment of conviction, then you get a taste of what we're talking about. If you don't know that feeling, if you don't know that in the spirit, there'd be a problem. Okay. There is a problem. See, it's not an intellectual thing, folks. It's not an intellectual thing. It's a spirit thing. Like Brother Dave was saying. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that before before we got into Daniel. Because I could go back and deal with that those two verses for the next month, and I wouldn't even do it justice. Brother Dave, could any, any preacher can, and anybody that's honest knows that you can't expound on them enough. You can't articulate it enough. And brother Amen. Paul Washer in that in that video you're going to see if you do if you are so mind to will explain it a lot better than I have. But anyway. Back to Daniel chapter six, brother. Let's go ahead and get started. Yes. Daniel chapter six, verse one. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Okay, this word Darius, folks, the word Darius means the holder of the scepter. There, that's all the word Darius means. You run into some people that, that can't reconcile. Well, I thought Cyrus was this or Cyrus was that. It's divided among scholarship. Some say that it is Darius himself. Some say that it's one of the rulers that he appointed over the kingdom there at Babylon. And really, it don't matter, okay? If you want to just get down to it, it really doesn't matter. But anyway, the word Darius is not a proper name like Alexander. There was no bunch of Alexander the Greats. Alexander don't mean the holder of the scepter. It means Alexander. Well, Darius, this word Darius here, it does mean the holder of the scepter. Like any, it could have been a Joe Blow that was a Darius. Or um, it could have been a, a Shadrach that was a that was a Darius, but that's all the word Darius means. Anyway, there's 120 people put over the providence. Different rulers, different different sections of the country, different administrators, like in the cabinet, you know, like in the parliament up in Canada or in the in the cabinet house of representatives down here in the United States. Or I don't know exactly how it, but it's the same way over in Great Britain. But that's what's going on here. That's what he's, that's that's kind of kind of layout of what's going on here. Verse two, brother. I'm I'm a minute late here, but let, just let me say, the sermon we were talking about for the downloaders who haven't seen the link in the chat. The name is this: Paul Washer, Shepherd's Conference, 2016. That's Paul Washer, W A S H E R, Shepherd's. Conference 2016. Thanks. Yeah, thank uh, you, brother. I, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't think of that, brother. I it, I, I get no. so wrapped up. I never think about that whole bunch. That slew of folks that download. I never think about them that much. And I mean, yeah. they're not here, so it's, uh, out of sight, out of mind. But anyway. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yes. Oh, my pleasure. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first that the princes might give accounts unto them. 
and the king should have no damage. Okay. This, okay. Da- Daniel's over all these guys. He's, he's been put in charge over all the rest. Go ahead, brother. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Absolutely. Does that bring up? Does that remind you of anybody else in Scripture? Kind of reminds you of Joseph, doesn't it? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds you of Joseph. Yes. Now, that Daniel's witness, his lie, not just the things he done, not just interpreting dreams, but his his whole life was a witness. Because an excellent spirit was found in him. And they could see this. And the great rulers, those absolute monarchs, they saw it in his life. Therefore, God honored what Daniel did, and he moved on these monarchs' heart to put him in great position. And as it comes with the territory, we're going to find out, and this is not uncommon today or down through history, jealousy arises. The heart of man is wicked, period. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I looked up that word excellent, and it's really like a double positive. It's like an extraordinarily excellent spirit. Correct. So just like you were saying, it was a total witness his whole life. And mm-hmm. wherever he went, there Oh, were... and by the way, I'm glad you said his whole life because Daniel's not a young man, folks. He is around, somewhere between 79 and 84 years old. Anywhere is somewhere in between there. Probably around 83. He's done. He's got plenty of wisdom, come through a lot, been through a lot. He's not a young man anymore, okay? He's about 83 years old when all this is taking place. So continue on, brother. Yeah, I was thinking about this when I was out walking the dog, and, you know, I was thinking about how when you walk into a room and you meet someone for the first time, or maybe you've met them before, and every time you meet them, that you know, they may be attractive people and stuff and all that and look good, well-dressed up, but there's, like, something look in their eye or something about them, it's just, like, the sense of evil. Mm-hmm. You ever have that? Oh, yes, brother. And then, oh. conversely, I've gone into a room and been with people and there's someone there who's just like there's something emanating from this person like it's supernatural there's like this guy's good there's something going on in his spirit there's the presence of God is with him I and I think that's what people experienced when they came into Daniel's presence that there was a presence of God there I understand what you're saying let me give one example of it to where um. Anyway, let me just give you an example. What Brother Dave's talking about, I'll tell you somebody that some of you might know. I know Brother Kevin will know who it is, and maybe some of you other folks will know who it is as well. I met Judge Roy Moore. If that name doesn't uh, ring a bell to a lot of you people, he is the judge in Alabama that stood up to the Supreme Court about taking the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse in Montgomery. Well, I met him face-to-face at Brother Chuck Baldwin's church over in, over in, uh, down in Pensacola, Florida. 
And I don't know this is that what Brother Dave's talking about. It was not a good feeling I had when I met this man. I, I know that y'all probably thought I was fixing to say something different, but maybe it was just some. Maybe we we're like forces repel each other or something. I don't know. But to me, it was a spiritual thing. It wasn't like meeting some cocky sapsucker, you know, that you just immediately don't like. It wasn't that. It was something spiritual. But that's the only person that, that I can point a finger at in my life and say that was de- I definitely got the got the inclination that there was some kind of bad stuff going on there. And this guy's done good, folks. This guy's done good as far as standing up to to the powers that be. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. I had that happen to me, and that's the feeling I got. And our eyes met. When our eyes met, it was bad. Okay, maybe he felt the same way about me. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I understand what Brother Dave's talking about. So go ahead, brother. Daniel six verse four. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion, nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. They were fine trying to looking for they had their lawyers work it. They was trying to find some loophole, something Daniel had done wrong. But Daniel had his tracks covered. He had been he 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 was he was perfect in his ways. As concerning the laws concerning these people, until we're going to find out. But these people, these folks couldn't stand the good man. Okay, they were jealous, pride. He was at the top. They wanted his position. Cutthroat politics is no different. Was no different then, and it ain't no different today. It's the same old, same old. Go ahead, brother. Seeing as they were in Babylon, there was probably some serpent seed there as well. No doubt about it. Verse 5, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Oh, yeah. Keep that in mind, folks, because you can bring, you, you eventually, it may start next year, it may start with this new administration, it may be even the next one after this administration coming in, or the next. It ain't that far off, though. This kind of stuff right here, where they find something against true Bible-believing Christians, that's what's going to take place again. Mark the Bible's word. It does not lie. What has happened in the past will happen again. The laws are already in place, folks. I mean, they done kick prayer out of out of out of um, school, all right, and try and, and they're everything contrary to what even a mediocre Christian believes. It outside of a, a quote unquote church building is looked down on. They don't care. They can put, put people in a box. They don't care how much they shout and praise God. They could care less. The powers that be. And the and the and the uh, supernatural powers. What goes in that building? They don't care how much you shout, turn, flip, praise God, read the Bible, preach hard. Don't matter inside the building. But you take it outside the building. That's where you're going to run into trouble. 
there's some kind of noise going on in the background. That, that brother Chad, is there something in the that you racking around with something? Yeah, that was me, uh, Pastor Don. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the, my phone charger. Oh, boy, man, that's loud. Lord have mercy. Sorry about that. Sorry that's about okay. that. That's okay, brother. But anyway, it's coming, folks. The persecution's coming again. They look. They had to come in to find something concerning the law of his God. Continue, Brother Dave. Verse 6. The, then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto the king, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Okay. They couldn't find anything. So they made up something, and they were slick about it. The, the thing about it was, old Darius didn't take time to think about what was coming down. Probably busy with state matters and everything, and they come in here and say, sounds good, you know, absolute monarch, sounds good put this law in he wasn't thinking about Daniel he wasn't thinking about anything along those lines sounds good to him you know what could this hurt but they see these connivers probably hook noses like brother David said they they were slick so they come in there they did they didn't come in there and say hey this is about these these Hebrews this is about Daniel no it was about anybody so this is the way they slipped it in. Verse 8, brother. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. And that's right. When those absolute monarchs put their John Henry on something, that's the way it was, period. And these guys, you can't, I guarantee you, they had their lawyers write up everything exactly right, perfect to the letter to where it was going to hang Brother Daniel. Continue, Brother. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his window being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Okay. Here goes. When Nat said, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went, he went, in, he went into his house, went to the window, Went down on his knees like he did, as he always had done. You find that out, the last word in the verse, as he did four times. It's nothing new. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to show how spiritual I am. See? I'm, I'm going to go and show him what a good, how much I believe in God. I'm going to go against the law. No, that's not the way it is. 
Daniel knew that it had been signed. He knew what the penalties were, and he just continued on the way he always had. Now you look at this. See what he did. And I wonder about you. I wonder about you. If you knew that there was a law against using the name of Jesus Christ in public, what would you do? Well, if you've been doing it all along, would you stop? Or if you wanted to, if you was going to show off and hadn't done it in the past, see, no, well, I'll go stand up for God. I'll go do it. No, no, no. See, you're supposed to be doing it all the time anyway. Daniel had been praying three times a day all along. It wasn't nothing special to him. But he did not fear man. He feared God. See, the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. If you've never preached on the street or witnessed out in public in crowds and they pass a law against it, don't run out there and show how great and wonderful you are to draw attention to yourself. God knows your heart. See, you're supposed to be doing that anyway. You're supposed to be about the Father's business. You ain't got to be a preacher. You you don't have to be called into the ministry. You already got a calling. You've got a gift. You're supposed to use that gift for God. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You don't wait till the laws pass and show how great and wonderful a Christian you are. There will be no reward for that because the motive's wrong. But if you've been doing it all along and they've passed a law like that and you count the cost and go ahead and do as you had done before time, that's where the reward will come in. That shows true loyalty and true love. That's the difference in the motive, see. Daniel prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. So Daniel was well practiced, 83 years old, been doing it all the time. Notice also that he hit his knees, fell upon his knees. Am I saying that you got to get on your knees every time you... Of course not. I'm not saying you got to get on your knees every time you pray. Of course not. I'm saying that sometimes if there's if you never do, then you're wrong. Because there's an act of... It's an act of submission and humility. We find through the Scripture, the Lord hit his knees. Are you better than the Lord? He also standing up as well. But still, all the way into the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, and when he is talking to the Ephesian elders, it says he went down on his knees and prayed with them. Peter, when he raised Dorcas from the dead, talks about him getting down on his knees and praying. The precedent is set. There should be moderation 
There should be both. When you get into a prayer closet, what I don't necessarily mean a real closet, anywhere along with God, there should be there should be the heart should be humble. There should be a humility. You know, if there's anything to you at all as a Christian, you know good and well there are certain times it's more personal with the Lord than other times. You know there's a difference. Well, continue with the difference. There's sometimes you ought to just get butt naked before the Lord. I've said that on many programs and times gone by, programs gone by. If you're searching for an answer and you don't have it, you should absolutely strip yourself before the Lord. That's before the Lord, I said. If you really want an answer. Anything you can do before the Lord. Not tell a bunch of people this, that and the other where they're expecting you to do something or I'm going to fast for six days and then I'm going to, you you ain't going to, you might as well forget it. You done messed up to start with. You done dropped the ball when it come out of your mouth. There's some things you keep your mouth shut. It's between you and Father. And you get you can get you can get you can make a long ways by being by the humble heart. I didn't say a false humility, because he knows your intent. So Daniel went on his knees three times a day, morning, noon, and night. It mentions three times a day in the book of Psalms. But Paul says Paul. You're talking about according to the law. In the New Testament, in the First Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul says pray without ceasing. See, not only on your knees in private time, as you're walking, in your business, you can pray anytime, anywhere. We have that ability. We have, as, as a new creature in Christ, we have that privilege. To pray without ceasing. Pray when you're driving. Pray when you're on those walks. Think on those things of Philippians 4.8. Cast down those imaginations and anything that exalted itself above the knowledge of God. And interject that communion of prayer between you and the Father. In Jesus' name, if you ain't doing it, don't know how to do it, if I was you, I sure would be learning. The more you talk, the more familiar you get. The more familiar you get with one another, the closer you get. The love grows. It's a relationship, people. It's a relationship. Yeah, it's it's really wild how Daniel chose to do this.
to maintain this witness, all he had to do was close the blinds a little, maybe go into an inner room, mm-hmm. keep praying, yeah. doing his work with the Lord. You know, it's only for 30 days, yeah. just for 30 days to right. save the man of God's life. Yeah, I'm the true. only one here that's the real witness. I'm the prophet of God here. You know, i got to keep going. What difference would it make? I'm not sinning. I'm just going to close the drapes here or go into the inner room and no one will see. And I'll just keep praying and doing my business with the Lord. You folks see what Brother Dad's saying? You understand what he means? You understand how, how fine that is? How fine it is between the intent of the heart? See what I mean? That's a perfect example. We got we look for excuses to get around stuff, folks. That's human nature. We're supposed to be fighting against that. We're supposed to be bowing the knee or in I mean spiritually speaking, bowing the heart, that inner man toward the Lord. Starving, denying self. But if you ain't never done if you you should start learning. If you hadn't already started learning, you better start. So many people think that God's going to be just sitting there like a um, a 100-yard dasher bent down at the starting line waiting for the gun to shoot before he starts, that God's just waiting on you to get in real need and then you'll throw up a Hail Mary full of grace of some kind and then God's going to... Pow, the gun's going to go off, and he's going to run to answer that prayer. Folks, it don't work like that. It just don't work like that. You better think about this stuff. Lord, if the Lord carries, and this this thing keeps dragging on out, there's prayer. That prayer life is going to be so very important. It may be all that that communion in prayer may be the only thing that gets you through. I can tell you right now, in some of the trials and tribulations that I've been through in my life, which it's nothing compared to anything that the martyrs and the Lord, the Lord Himself went through. And some of this, some of the saints down through church, not nothing like that. But to me, it was it was rough. If it hadn't have been for the prayer life, I wouldn't. I'd blow my brains out. I'd have took. I, I'd have checked out. That could, but that communion, that relationship that was built with the Lord, is all that got me through. And until you get to some of those positions where you're destitute of help from humankind and the only help that remains has to come from the Lord, you're never going to understand the stuff I'm talking about. You're never going to get a hold of it. You can't get a hold of it until you've experienced it. Continue, Brother Dave. Verse 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying 
and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. I bet you, I bet you, O Darius, I bet you his heart sunk and he thought, these sorry sapsuckers have done con to me. (laughs) You know he thought that. By what by the wording that comes up later, and especially what happens in the end, you know he knew he 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 was hung out to dry here. They pulled a good one on him. Continue on, brother. Verse fourteen. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. See there, see there. He was he was he was mad at himself because he knew he had been had the con job pulled on him. The wool was pulled over his eyes. He was displeased with himself. Was blaming himself because he'd been so stupid, too busy, whatever. Continue, brother. And set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. He called Jerry Spence and F. Lee Bailey. And all them high-priced lawyers, he got them on the telephone trying to find the loophole. You reckon, Brother David? <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's what it meant by laboring, <laughs> that he went through the books and had lawyers going through all the books and decrees, and there's got to be something in here that if the king's been tricked or something, that, you know, there's got to be. Yeah, I, I bet he even called. What's that old, What's that guy out there in California that... that uh, was O.J. Simpson's lawyer, oh, Cochran, yeah. Johnny Cochran. He, he said, well, I better be politically correct, so I'll even get Johnny Cochran in on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe there wasn't enough witnesses to this decree or something. Right. Uh, okay, folks, to put a little levity into the Scripture, okay? All right. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute that which the king establishes may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Oh, king, now, there's all kind of speculation about what the king really meant by saying this. Did he, did he, was he showing some kind of faith in the God of Daniel and the Father, or was he just making this statement flippantly? Well, according to him, blaming himself up here for the wrong he done and searching a way to try to get out from under it. Seems like to me he he had done heard all the stories. 
folks, he had done read all the accounts of of um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He had read the accounts of the statue, the golden the image with the head of gold. He knew all this stuff. He had done heard about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being saved out of the fiery furnace. So I tend to lean the direction, especially what's coming up in a few minutes, that he had a bent toward the God of Israel. Amen. And he had also, you know, he's seen this Daniel personally, all those stories, all those things written down, the documentation, he had read it, he'd seen it, he had heard from his mother, his father. And he had seen the excellency of spirit on Daniel, and he trusted Daniel. If Daniel believed this God is real, Man, after all these stories and and looking at Daniel and talking to him, this God's real. He's for real. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the way I think it went down. Next verse, brother. Verse 17. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Okay, there's this stone laid in the mouth of this den, and the signet of the king was put on it, which hearkens to the, the burial of Jesus Christ. You could, I have heard sermons on um, this specific story called the Gospel According to Daniel. You can stretch it and spiritualize a bunch of the stuff that goes on and, and preach the gospel out of here, but I'm not going to attempt to do that now. But I, I, I can see where people could spiritualize it and say it's a foreshadow of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But anyway, continue on, brother. And a stone was brought and laid upon the... I just read that, didn't I? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, verse verse 18. 18. Then the king went to his place and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him. And his sleep went from him. He was honestly concerned. He was he was he was bent out of shape. He didn't eat nothing. He fasted. He didn't have no pleasurable. He didn't visit his harem. He didn't listen to no music. He was he was definitely concerned about what was coming down because he had been he had had the wool pulled over his eyes. And this good man was in a in a world of hurt, he thought. Continue on, brother, verse 20. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Question mark. So he's asking this question, and he comes, and he before it even got good daylight, he was, he was, because see, Daniel only, the, the law was he only had to stay in it 24 hours. So before he gets good light, he's, he's hooking up, going down to the den of lions to check, to check out and see if all that stuff that he had been seeing out of Daniel and all he had heard about him, and he was seeing if, if, if God Almighty was going to deliver him too. So he hollers out before he even gets, he, before he gets to the mouth of that pit, Daniel, is thou God able to deliver thee? 
Next verse, brother. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Oh, and Daniel and Daniel says, my goodness, king, you done woke me up. Man, I'm sitting here leaned up against old Leo and old Simba. Is, I got my feet propped up on Simba, and I'm not even, I didn't even get my, my beauty rest completed. Here you are yelling at me. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, king, live forever. So Daniel, Daniel hollers back to him, gives him the, the, that salutation. Oh, yes, king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth. Uh, that's wild. My uh, my pastor in his ad lib commentary. It's a, one of the funniest parts in the whole thing when he talks about this. He's got Daniel kicked up against one line and head back on the other one, and talking to the angel all night long, discussing prophecy. It, it's wild how he does that ad lib commentary. But anyway, continue on, brother Dave. Daniel six verse twenty two. My God hath sent his angel. And hath shut the lion's mouth, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Okay, Daniel says, he ain't done nothing wrong. To know that hadn't broke really no law. Innocency was found in innocency was found in him, and hey king, by the way, I didn't do nothing against you. Against you, I did no hurt. Just a little little poker right there at the end. Verse 23, brother. Then was the king exceeding, exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And the king commanded... And they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or even ever they came at the bottom of the den. That was some hungry lions. Their their stomachs were growling all night long. They had been starved to death. And Daniel, like I said, made it through the night. No problem. No problem. They were starving. How do you know? Because before they even come, when they were letting down this, this, uh, these guys, wives and children and themselves down there, before they even hit the bottom of the pit, the lions were jumping up and tearing them to pieces. Tearing them to pieces. They got what was due then. The king wasn't going to let that one get away. After they'd done pulled that junk on him, they were in a world of hurt. Continue on, brother. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and the languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, Men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom, that which, which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion 
shall be even unto the end. Absolutely. Daniel's witness and the acts that took place, everybody, everything Daniel did, it upheld God the Father. His witness, his what, the way he talked, the way he walked, the way he did business, that's that excellent spirit. See? And it had an influence on everybody around him. It caused the head, the head of the kingdom to put out a decree. Now you say, what's that got to do with me? No man liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Romans chapter 14. Somebody's, you've heard me say this many times, folks. Somebody's watching you. If you profess Jesus Christ as Savior and are vocal about his name the way you're supposed to be and not a incognito, quote-unquote, Christian to where you can hang around with the boys and just don't talk about He's just, he's just a, your, your Savior in privacy. If he's that, if he's just your Savior in private, then you can hang with anybody and get away with it. They won't necessarily have their eye on you, but if you stand up like you're supposed to, then somebody's watching you. Somebody's got their eye on you looking for you to make a misstep. Or are you going to make a misstep? Are you really... You're living what you're preaching. Or you're living, trying to live the, the way you're supposed to live concerning the one you're talking about. You're not an island. Paul makes that plain in Romans 14. No man liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. Somebody's watching you. It may be your children. It may be your unsaved mother. It may be your unsaved father. It may even be your unsaved wife. It may be your friends, your cohorts at work. Somebody's got, it may be the, ca- the teller at the cash register down at the corner store. That is, if, I say if, you're doing what you're supposed to do. If you are even halfway doing what you're supposed to do, giving an answer to every man of the hope that lies within you. If you're trying to follow the example set forth by the Apostle Paul, couldn't keep his mouth shut. You say, oh, that's just for preachers. No, everybody is a preacher, folks, okay? Just everybody don't have the calling of pastor teacher. Preaching's nothing but proclaiming the word, okay? You're supposed to produce kind after kind, remember? Christians produce Christians. That's what that's one of the biggest things I have wrong with some of our persuasion. 
They don't know anything about producing kind after kind. All they know how to do is borrow and steal from somebody else's spiritual kind. That's all they know how to do. And argue and debate. But we're we're supposed to produce kind after kind. Will there be any stars in your crown, in your crown? Will there be any stars in your crown when the sun goes down? Say, what am I talking about? Flip on over to Daniel 12, Brother Dave. Okay. Read the first four verses. Think I'm making this stuff up? Ah, you ought to know better than that by now. After going on four years, you ought to know better, folks. The book of Proverbs says, He that winneth souls is wise. Okay, you understand that? He that winneth souls is wise. Well, let's see what the angel has to say about it in Daniel 12. Watch it close, folks. Go ahead, brother. Daniel, Daniel 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. As they, them that turn many to righteousness, folks. See what I mean? See what I mean? I can't help it if you've been in this church for 30 years and your preacher or whoever you listen to never told you they don't care. I'll let the Word of God tell you. Which one do you believe? Which one do you believe? Them or the Word of God? That's the soul winner's crown right there. That's given at the judgment seat of Christ. Well, I'll let everybody see the way I, I, I testify. I've witnessed by the way I live. Oh, you better hope that ain't true. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, because you're the way you live is not the gospel. The gospel (laughs) is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, folks. Proclaim the word. Proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. Proclaim proclaim what he did for you. And let your life be a shining light that testifies to what you to what you testify to. Let your life be a witness. 
because somebody's watching you just like they were watching Daniel. And they, a bunch of the reprobates got jealous. But the king was watching him. And in the, in the end, the Lord took care of him because he did right. And the king made a decree that everybody should give reverence to the God of Daniel. Continue back in Daniel, brother. Yes. Verse 27. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, in, in, um, in Hebrews chapter 11, starting around verse 32, we read about, it talks about, that's called by Hebrews 11. We went to it four or five times in years gone by. Times gone by. Just the other night, I think we went there. It's, that's called the, the Hall of Fame of Faith, okay? Hebrews chapter 11. And it talks about these people that were delivered from the mouth of lions. You know, Samson killed a lion. David killed a lion. Benaiah. Also, David's, one of David's men, mighty men, killed a lion. Lions are, 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 had a lot to do with some of the Old Testament saints. And Paul even tells you he was delivered from the mouth of the lion. And Timothy. So, I wonder if it, and I wonder if it'll ever happen again. You know, there were a lot of martyrs. I think it was, was it was Ignatius, Church Father Ignatius, that was torn apart in the Colosseum by lions. What happened? This is I'm I'm, I'm changing gears, folks. Okay. What happened? What's the difference in the old under the old covenant and new? Why weren't they saved in Rome, in the Colosseum? Why didn't the Lord deliver them? Huh? Why five million killed? Five million martyrs. Hmm? How did the Catholic Church kill over 35 million during the Middle Ages? Why weren't they delivered? They loved their lives not to the death. They didn't even, hey, they loved the Lord so much they died for him. They never, they wouldn't recant. Even when it, some of them did, yeah, there was accounts of some of them recanting Christ, but the ones that didn't weren't, they weren't saved. They weren't saved from the death and the torment they went through. What changed? Hmm? See, that's the kind of questions you ought to be asking. What's the difference in Old Testament and New Testament, Old Covenant theology and New Covenant theology? And these fools that try to tell you there is no difference, that's exactly what they are. And I speak reverently. They are fools. Something new has been added. And no matter how much they want to stick you back under the old covenant, and no matter how hard they twist and try, just a little spiritual common sense 
will take you a long way amidst all the heresy that's out there. And the Lord warns you about it. Paul warns you about it. Peter warns you about it. Jude warned you about it. James warned you about it. Next verse, brother, brother Dave, and we'll go ahead yes. and close for tonight. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Amen. Amen. Is there any questions in the chat? Brother Chad, you got anything you want to say? No, that sounds great. Uh, that's a great teaching. Anybody in the chat room got anything? Got any questions? Having up to now. Do what, brother? They haven't up to now. Oh, okay. Okay. You got anything you want to add, Brother Kevin? No, sir. Okay. Okay. Brother Dave, just run over there to Hebrews 11, start at verse 32, and read the rest of the chapter from 32 on. Hebrews 11, 32. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was thinking here, and I was thinking about Daniel, and if he had just, you know, closed the drape there, this great miracle would have never have happened. He wouldn't have sinned. That's he wouldn't right. have done anything against God. Maybe God wouldn't have been totally happy with the conduct of that, but would it have been sin? Sin? I don't think so. No, and, not at all. And he would have spared himself the trouble, but everyone would have not seen this great miracle and all the people affected by knowing that the God of Daniel, our Father in heaven, is alive and well and delivers people and interprets dreams and humbles kings. These Amen. things wouldn't have been known if he had have shirked his responsibility. And I was thinking of how many times have I sidestepped things because, you know, well, didn't want that little confrontation here or that bat there, oh, you know, my boss will be reprimanding me if I do this or do that or witness here. Or, you know, he's told yes. me I need to be more worried about my job than telling some about someone about Jesus. And, yeah. You know, I how many understand. times I need to repent of those things myself? Absolutely, brother. See, folks, the problem, the thing you've got to understand is it's not just you, see, it's got, got the father's concerned about those around you as well, not just you. If you're a willing, if you're a willing and submitted vessel, obedient vessel. See, the Lord's got everybody out on the outskirts. He's concerned about them too. You're not the only duck in the pond, <laughs> so to speak. Just like Brother Dave got through saying, by what Daniel did, it affected all those around him. They got, because the father had other people in mind other than just Daniel. And Daniel would not have sinned. If it, there was no rules and regulations about that. But he just didn't do anything different than he had done previously. Now, these folks out there on the sound of my voice, either in the chat room or going to download... You don't do squat. You ain't got no order of anything that you and that you can say that you will continue to do as before time unless it's nothing. And I and and I'm talking with humility 
okay? I'm not being mean. Do you really think that that blood of God manifest in the flesh was shed for you, for you to sit on the stool of do nothing, make money, and have a good time? Do you really think that's what this, that you're, you're breathing God's air for that purpose? Do you really? Do you think it's all that you're breathing God's air to raise kids, have a good time, die, and be buried and live happily ever after in glory? You re- do you really think that's your purpose? I assure you, if you mean business with God and you get along with Him, you'll find out. That's not the purpose. That's not what he puts you here to do. See, that's what you think you've been chosen. That's, that's your choice. Then you run right back to 2 Timothy 2, about that free will business. You've been given a gift, and it's supposed to be used for the glory of God. Not for the glory of you and your family. Or you and your friends. It's for the glory of God. And what you do with that lasts forever. Remember what Brother Dave read in 12? Some of those people that are raised are raised at at everlasting life. Some come up to everlasting life. Shame and contempt. We'll hit that shame when we get to the Laodicean church in Revelation chapter 3. Brother Chad, if you would dismiss us in a word of prayer, brother. Sure thing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've had tonight, and we thank you for the teaching of Daniel 6, and we thank you for the revelation that you've been able to bring to us through the Holy Spirit. And we ask that you help us in our prayers and 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 help us give supplication through our prayers to confess any sins that that we've not confessed to you, Lord. Yes, Father. Yes. And we pray for all those in the chat room and all those that might download afterwards that might have troubles in their health and troubles in their spirit and troubles with your faith, Lord, that yes. you come into their lives and and light that candle and make it brighter than than it ever was, Lord that they may know who they are in, in your salvation, Lord, and under your blood, that yes. they are truly your chosen people, Lord, and that you might send us out tomorrow and day after day that we may spread the gospel and, and, and teach others and walk in your truth, Lord, so that we may not be ashamed and that we may divide the word of truth and be able to share it with others, Lord, so that we can so that we can edify you, be edified in you, Lord, and and feel your presence in our lives, Lord. For too often we do walk around just thinking in our heads, Lord, and not feeling in our hearts. So if you can just bring the belief down from our head, about 18 inches into our heart, Lord, and then put us on our knees, Lord, once in a while that that we fall down and and weep at your power and your, and your, your mightiness, Lord.
so grateful for everything that we have, Lord, that we have food in our stomachs and a roof over our head yes, and a family to care for it, to care for us, Lord, and all these things. We have, we have nothing without you, Lord. We're truly in want. Uh, we, we have, we're, we're not deserving of your mercy, Lord. So we're extremely grateful that you've come into our lives, given us this chance to, to share your word, Lord, make us strong, carry us through our days, and we pray for all those that might have any sort of health issues, for Brother Russ out there. Yes, Lord. That his, that his, that his, um, that his brethren, that his family member be, be healed, Lord. And that your light shine in that person and, and reveal the truth of, of the healing, Lord, that it's you and you are the only one that can heal. For all things have been given to you. You are the preeminent one. You are our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. All things that are great, we pray in your name. Amen. 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 Brother Dave, contact info. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. Again, 334-397-2333. The email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com respect to the lord r e s t e c t t o t h e l o r d at yahoo.com respect to the lord at yahoo.com the mailing address is 3155 louisville street apartment d as in don apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Amen, brother. Thanks a lot. Good job, brother Dave, brother Chad, brother Kevin. Uh, Folks, Sunday night we will have communion. We'll take the Lord's Supper Sunday night before we get into uh, Revelation, the next church in Revelation. Um, And... That's the plan right this second. I'm I'm kind of leaning toward another subject we might go into, but Brother Kevin, you can go ahead and put um, Revelation chapter 2, part 3 down as the next program. Anyway, folks, I appreciate you uh, being there tonight in the chat room. And, uh, hey, give me a call sometime, folks. Hey, I don't bite. My brother Chad and brother Dave and Kevin, I don't bite. Just love to hear from you, okay? God bless each and every one of you, and Lord willing, we'll see you guys. Sunday night. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night, night, brother. Good night, brother. Good night.
Thank you. 